You're listening to the B2B Content Show, a podcast about the how, what, and why of B2B content marketing. A podcasting agency that helps B2B brands start podcasts to connect with prospects, grow brand awareness, and create better content. Now, at most B2B companies, creating content is the domain of the content marketing team, of course. But when content marketers work in a silo, they can miss out on all kinds of valuable input from product marketers and sales enablement specialists, customer experience teams, the list goes on and on, which is why thinking about content production as a cross-functional process can be so valuable. And here to talk about this topic is my guest today, Lauren Lang. Lauren is Director of Content and Brand Communications at Constructor, which is an e-commerce product discovery platform. Lauren, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here. So let's just jump right in. First of all, I want to make sure that I'm describing a content as a cross-functional process in the right way. How would you describe that? I think to the great Anne Handley, who says, uh, content is everything the light touches, right? That's her famous line, and I love it. I think it's so correct. We hear that content is king. I think that content is the kingdom, right? Mm. And to limit it to just a marketing function or relegate it to a silo, like you said, really diminishes the impact that it can have when there's so much opportunity to source and collaborate from all across the organization. If you look closely, there are potential partners everywhere. You have SMEs, you have partners in content creation, you have partners in distribution. And so building a brand and creating and distributing content that does a lot of that brand building work, that's really a team sport. And mm, when yeah. there's alignment, that growth, that's a shared goal can really be the work of, you know, achieving that growth can really be shared through that content process. Yeah, I, I like that saying too. I think I think this is the first time I'm hearing it, that content is everything the light touches. Is that what it is? Yeah. She's paraphrasing the Lion King <laughs> as one does. Oh, okay. Right. Got it. So, and, but that makes a lot of sense, right? I mean, any function, every function in a business is producing content of one kind or another, right? Sure. Absolutely. Or they have the knowledge or the, you know, the expertise, the, you know, deep customer knowledge or the deep product knowledge to create that, even if it's just sort of that tribal knowledge that nobody's really Mm. thinking they're creating content, they probably are creating content. Right. Okay. And and kind of the point here is that for the content marketing team, like the people tasked with creating the content that's going to go in front of this external audience, many minds are better than just a few. Right. Right. That's that's what I'm hearing. Definitely. I think so. I think content marketers need to be able to listen for the stories that exist across the organization more than just coming up with them on their own. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm always working better when I'm working collaboratively and I'm hearing, you know, inspiration and I'm hearing, you know, the problems that, you know, our customer success team is maybe having, like, you know, maybe one of our customers is, is struggling with, with something, or, you know, maybe there's a question that comes up a lot in sales calls and, you know, that is all, it's all fair game. It's all opportunity for, for content creation. So give us an example or two of how this works at Constructor. Yeah. So we are a very, we are a very quickly growing organization at Constructor. And so I have several processes in the works currently. And I would say thinking about the teams that I partner with the most, I can think of three. So I partner with customer success, 
and I partner with product and I partner with sales. And product and customer success, they are really my partners in content creation. So we have product managers on staff who used to be essentially the primary users of the type of product that we offer to e-commerce teams. So they were doing the jobs that our customers now are doing. That is such mm -hmm. rich opportunity from a content standpoint, right? So they are really intimately familiar with the problems that we're solving. And then we have our customer success managers who are there on the front lines. They are sitting with our customers on Zoom calls and on quarterly business reviews. They're fielding questions. They know where customers might need more education. So, you know, how do we use their deep expertise in the problem space to create content? Well, we plan it. We, you know, I sit down with them and say, what are some of the, you know, questions that you're having? Here are a couple ideas that I had. Would this be resonant for your for, for the customers that you're dealing with every day. Mm. And then with the sales team, I do have like a really great tangible example, actually. We published an original research report in August called The State of E-Commerce Merchandising. And it got us a fair number of qualified contacts through, you know, paid and organic and sponsored and, you know, all of those different channels. And we got some coverage in earned media as well. And, and all of that was great from a brand awareness standpoint. Right. But then I had a BDR tell me just last month that he was like, that report was just so awesome. And it got me two, two ops and these, you know, opportunities are still open. And it was just from prospect, prospecting with mm. that piece of content. Right. So I think that, you know, in, in terms of having a partner in terms of distribution, that's how I view, view our sales team. So I do monthly enablement sessions with them and it's like 25 people across you know, our SDRs and our account executives and leadership. And I just do a run through and make it kind of fun. But I'm like, look, here are our new pieces of content that's out. Here's what they might be good for, right? This one could be an interesting outreach play, an opportunity to share something before you ask for, you know, a meeting. This one could, you know, potentially be something that we share with, you know, a, a prospect that we're currently in op with, Right. So this really needs to be, you know, part of like that collaborative process. And I think when marketing and content are in this silo, it's just not going to happen, right? When we are just sort of, you know, dropping things in Slack messages and sort of let be, letting people know that way. We really have to make it easy for the sales team to, to be able to, to share this, this content. And we're creating it for them. I'm glad you're making that point. When I worked as copywriter at a medical device company, I remember we'd be starting a project and every once in a while I'd raise my hand and be like, shouldn't, should we bring in somebody from sales or, you know, to give us their input on this? And the answer was always, we don't have time for that. Hmm. You know, we just, we have a tight deadline. We need to get this out. And I was just a lowly copywriter. So I had no power to do anything else. So I just shrugged my shoulders and be like, well, that sounds kind of dumb. I wouldn't say that, but you know what I mean? Like I'd right. be thinking about it. And it sounds to me like you've, that that can often be a hurdle to collaborating, right? You just feel like you don't have time and that you've dealt with that issue by, as you just described, building in like a monthly meetings where everybody gets together. So it's expected. Yeah. Yeah. I would say it's part of the process. It's to provide them with 
the resources that we've been creating as much as it's to source new ideas. I like to split up the meeting, you know, the first 25 minutes even, you know, of the 30-minute meeting is is just me, you know, going through the content and and explaining like, hey, here's how you might want to use this strategically. But then the last five minutes is I want to hear back from you. I want to hear, you know, what pieces have you been using and, you know, have they been landing for you? Like, you know, yeah. or what have you sent out and just heard crickets back? Because we don't want to repeat that, right? We don't want to be writing content that nobody's interested in. And then some of some of our best white papers and, and you know, best pieces of content came, the ideas for those came from the sales team. I'm really struggling with explaining this technical concept and it's, you know, advantages to our prospects. How can I do that? And so the way that you can do that is by, you know, creating really great content that helps, you know. It's not all just resting on the shoulders of the the sales executive and like, you know, the, you know, 20 minutes that they have with a prospect. There's yeah. there's a lot more that can that content can do there. Have you found that people from sales who participate in these meetings are are eager to do it, that they see the value of it? Yes. I think they do. I think our sales team, they are they're hungry. They love identifying, you know, opportunities to differentiate our product. And I think they want every single piece of ammunition that they have to do that. And content can be one of those. If I ever sort of get the sense that, hey, you know, this is a this is a piece of content that, you know, they're really not interested in, it's not hitting the mark. That's a failure on my on my part at some point. It was like there has been a breakdown in communication that you know, some, 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 there is, there's a problem somewhere, <laughs> right? Mm. I want every piece of content that we create, especially premium content, right? I want that to be something that our sales team is really excited to use because it should be something that our customers are really excited to see. So what would be your advice to marketing teams that were kind of like what I described, you know, at this company I was at when they're just feeling like, well, we don't have time to do that. You know, we're under too much pressure. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole that's a, I mean, the, the having a lot of, you know, not having time, feeling overwhelmed, that's part of probably this global, global like, what is the role of marketing sort of conversation? And yeah. does marketing have a strategic seat at the table conversation that, you know, is probably outside yeah. of <laughs> our purview here? But I do th think that there are a couple things that we can do to, you know, start implementing the strategy. And I would say the first is to start paying attention to what is important to the business. So what gets your executive team excited, right? What are your business goals for the year? Then start thinking about how content can help achieve those goals. So you're already thinking cross-functionally when you do that. You know, how can you communicate content's value in achieving those goals to your executive team? And then how can you get their buy-in for cross-collaboration? And that's something that took me a long time to learn. But I think that, you know, when you have that buy-in, then the whole company can get excited because it's something that the executive team is excited about. So for example, our number one goal as a business this year is increasing brand awareness. We've grown very quickly and our customers love us, but we've needed to do a better job getting into that consideration set. And content obviously has a big part to play there, but it's not just going to be me shouting from my soapbox that gets everybody excited to contribute right? Our CEO is very vocal about brand awareness being a focus. And so that makes everyone else, I mean, it's, you know, sort of built into our 
cross-team OKRs. And so that makes everyone really motivated to to work together and, and participate. Okay. So if you're paying attention and you're listening, you should know what those business goals are. Yes. It's not like it's a big secret. Shouldn't be. And, you know, I mean, assuming your team, you know, ho- hopefully your company is transparent around those business yeah. goals. But I think that everyone who is involved from the go-to-market standpoint should be really attuned to those because yeah. that's how you start having those really important conversations and building, you know, building content into those important conversations. And then I would say one other thing that might be helpful to try just as a piece of advice is just to start start collaborating. It's going to take some trial and error to come up with a process that that works for everyone. At the end of the day, we all have limited time across every, you know, business department, right? Yeah. And so a lot of my process is figuring out ways to make it easy for people to contribute. So how do I make content really easy for our sales team to find and share? Well, I built a, a content library that has like UTM links for them to share, like ready to go for every piece of content. How do I make new content really easy to request? So if a product person really loves writing, that's great. Let them take the first stab at a blog post. But if they don't love writing, you know, can I get one of our writers to hop on a call with them for 30 minutes and maybe ghostwrite the piece? It's all about sort of, you know, enabling those processes throughout. But that takes a lot of trial and error to sort of figure out what works for your organization. Okay. So what I'm hearing, I'm so far, I think we've identified like two barriers to and, and, and what you can do about them. One is the time pressure, like we discussed. Mm-hmm. And then what you were just saying is if it's hard, if it's difficult for, say, the sales team or any other team to to find your content, right, or or it's like they know where it is, but it's hard for them to find a particular piece, then that can be a barrier, too. So making oh, absolutely. it easier. They won't, they won't use it, right? Yeah. That's not their number one priority. It's like, how can my content help you do your job more efficiently and more effectively? And if it can do that, then obviously – that's, it's just a no brainer. People are going to want to use it, but we have to make those processes really easy. What are some other barriers that can get in the way? Hmm. It's a good question. I would say that growth is always a challenge as well. The amount of growth that we've had is, has just sort of been mind numbing for us. And so as we're growing very, very rapidly as a business, I think we're still sort of, we're, we're still in process and in progress mm-hmm. here. We are still carving out these ideal processes and figuring out what works, you know, to really, you know, make sure that we're producing content at a fast enough clip, but make sure that it's really high quality and, you know, figuring out, you know, how to scale and what to say yes to and what to say no to. Like though, that's always a challenge. And I think that it definitely comes back to not having enough time, but I think it's also just a really natural function of being in growth mode. So, right, growth can can have all kinds of unintended consequences, <laughs> yes, right? Absolutely. And 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 essentially, growth means change in all kinds of ways, including people in different roles and so on. Right. So that would suggest to me that fostering this kind of collaboration, it's not a one-time thing. It's something that you're that you're probably continuously doing. Right. It's, I mean, it's just a team sport, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of that comes down to what sort of 
honestly, what sort of culture is there? What sort of, you know, engineering culture and what sort of, you know, marketing culture do you have at the organization? You know, I joke all the time about sort of that stereotype of, you know, marketers versus product folks. And, you know, the, the, this idea that, you know, market or product people think that marketers turn their products into just fluffy BS, right? And then, you know, the marketers think that the engineers are more in love with the product than with, you know, taking it to market. And that's, you know, certainly been some of my experience in in previous roles, but it's not at all here at Constructor. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of that is, you know, the product and marketing and executive teams, everyone aligns when they're able to put the customer first. And when you start Mm -hmm. with a really interesting problem that everyone wants to get closer to solving, it's easier to work together and find common ground. And so that's something that just naturally snowballs upon itself. And yeah, it's going to be sort of this lasting part of the culture then is that we work together. Right? It, I think it makes sense that whatever role you're in, you're going to care most about the things that you have to do most immediately that are like yeah. right in front of your face, right? And right. that's just what you're living and breathing day to day. So it seems sort of only natural that, sure, you wouldn't have as deep an appreciation for the top of the funnel stuff as the content marketing team does, right? And vice versa. And so it seems like if like somebody like you in your position, you recognize, okay, we need to be more cross-functional, then part of your duty there is to get really good at just communicating with people yes. and, and, and using empathy and understanding where they're coming from helping the, and helping them understand where you're coming from and where that middle ground is and why it makes sense for you, for everyone to meet there. Absolutely. I mean, I think a lot of it, you know, there's a strategic part that I absolutely love about content marketing and I call it like, <laughs> I, I saw this somewhere on LinkedIn, it's not mine, but just sort of seeing, you know, being able to see the matrix, right? Mm-hmm. Being able mm-hmm. to see inside and see how all of these different parts actually do interact with each other. Yeah. And then it's from there, right? Yeah. Being able to communicate, you know, here's why this can benefit you to partner with content right? Here's how this is going to help you do your job more effectively. And this is how it's going to help our company as a whole, right? As we grow and, you know, brand awareness or, you know, what a, whatever other metric is important, right? This is, you know, this is, it's, it's really, it's a team sport, it really is. So what's the main takeaway for our listeners? Oh boy, that's a good question. I, I think it really is that you, as, as, you know, our content as content leaders and even as content marketers who may not sit officially in that leadership role, you have more opportunity to create these cross-functional relationships and to affect sort of these cross-functional results than you think you might. This was something that I didn't start in my current role. I've sort of done it throughout my career and I've done it even as a junior content marketer. I'll see if I can get time on the product team's calendar. I'll see, you know, is there a customer success person that I can, you know, sort of start to develop a closer relationship with and, you know, have somebody to bounce ideas off of. I think no matter where you sit in the organization, there there is opportunity for that work and it can only go up from there. Okay, great advice. Well, final question, how can people connect with you? Great. Well, I am on LinkedIn. I believe my handle there is Ask Lauren Lang. And that's probably the best place to get me. I'm I'm there most days of the week. Okay, excellent. We'll put a link to your LinkedIn in the show notes. 
and make it easy for our listeners to connect. And Lauren, thank you so much for for all your insights. Really great. Thank you. That's it for this episode of the B2B Content Show. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone who you think would be a great guest, let us know. You can contact me at jeremy at conversa.com. That's C-O-N-N-versa.com. The B2B Content Show is brought to you by Conversa Podcasting. Check us out at conversa.com to learn more about how we help B2B brands start podcasts to connect through conversation with the buyers and decision makers you need to get to know to grow your business. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.